<clears throat> so some bits and pieces. And uh, may there be a thread. Yeah, speaking of threads, <laughs> so last night's talk, uh, included some of the context of the Buddha's path to awakening and the four ennobling truths of the dukkhas. We can now call them the dukkhas. <laughs> and uh, the cause of dukkha, clinging. And that the ending is possible and the way to the ending uh, and somewhere uh, before the retreat, somewhere between mind and paper and then desktop computer and then memory stick and then laptop, <laughs> somewhere in there a thread was dropped that I'd like to pick up again. Uh, at the beginning of last night's talk, I gave part of the Buddha's definition of dukkha. And then I said, and I'll get to the rest of it after, and that fell away. So, here's the first part. The Buddha said, birth is dukkha, aging is dukkha, death is dukkha, sorrow lamentation, pain, grief, and despair are dukkha. Association with the unbeloved is dukkha. And now we're a little more familiar that that's dukkha dukkha. That, that part of the definition is the, the first dukkha, the suffering of suffering, that part of this human condition um, of being in a sentient body is that there's um, these pains that happen and then what we add to it, the dukkha of dukkha. Um, then his definition continued. Uh, so it ended there with association with the unbeloved is dukkha, meaning what you don't want. That's what he's calling the unbeloved. Might include uh, beings and things and sensations and thoughts and parts of ourselves that we don't like. And then the other side of that is separation from the loved is dukkha. That's that second one, Vipriniyama Dukkha, the pleasantness, the things we love, that we want, that we think we've got. I'm having a good meditation now, I've got it. <laughs> Whatever, all these ways it shows up is also impermanent and conditioned. And so that's separation from what is loved. And not getting what is wanted is dukkha. Okay, and then his, the definition is still not finished. Then he adds at the end, in short, summing it all up, 
In short, the five clinging aggregates are dukkha. And that's a beautiful, amazing uh, insight of the Buddha into what this conditioned beingness is, which is that third dukkha, the Sankara dukkha that we talked about, that um, just part of being a sentient, awake, conscious, alive, being that's impacted all the time through these six sense doors. If there's clinging, which there often is, um, this creates dukkha. So just wanted to fill that in, that uh, all those three types that we talked about last night are there in that definition. Bhikkhu Bodhi, who is a wonderful monastic and scholar and Pali, uh, hard to put words, <laughs> prolific teacher, uh, says this, the search for a spiritual path is born out of suffering. It does not start with lights and ecstasy, but with the hard tax of pain, disappointment, and confusion. We want lights and ecstasy, don't we? And we talked about this last night, how dukkha is a gateway for liberation, for awakening. And we, we, we heard that um, this was true for the Buddha. And... Uh, was also my experience, and it might be what has uh, brought you to the path as well. So, uh, I might uh, share a little part of that experience that I had. Some of you have heard this before, and apologies for that. Uh, my first meditation retreat was a retreat with um, S.N. Goenka, a Goenka-style Vipassana retreat. He isn't there. His uh, recordings of, of his teachings are played. And uh, the form of these that retreat... is pretty intense. Some of you think this schedule is a little much. I can assure you, it is not. <laughs> much, much earlier mornings. Uh, many more sits, meditations, longer sits. And... Uh, a pretty clear message to not move in the sits. 
this creates a type of anguish and pain that I hadn't experienced before. <laughs> uh, around the fourth day of the retreat, there were already many reasons why I was annoyed. Many. But uh, the fourth day, pain was searing, burning. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, then, then it was already <laughs> just starting to sit down, and then it was an hour and a half sit after several sits already that day. And uh, um, time, time is such a special thing. It goes so slow <laughs> when things are painful, right? Have you had that here on this retreat where you're like, ring the bell? <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> yes, I heard you. Time just crawls along. I remember in that sit, like in my mind, there's of course no clock, and and um, just thinking. I think that was maybe five minutes, okay, fifteen, and I'm like fifteen minutes, and then just so slow. Oh, I think it's another fifteen minutes, and then an hour. Oh, another half hour to go. So, I I got myself like so wound up that when that bell rang oh man have you have you felt that too right you're just sitting there chanting at me ring the bell ring the bell and and, and then or you're like you know burning or so much pain or so much restlessness so much sleepiness um you know you're ready for a nap you whatever all the things and and it's painful and then the bell rings and you're like oh good I feel fine <laughs> <laughs> the magic bell oh, I feel fine you haven't even moved yet but you're like now I'm free so that bell rang in that first retreat and first the tears came uh, just a, a release. Yeah, and then I went, uh, you know, got up and went for a walk on the limited path you're allowed to walk. And, uh, oh my goodness, um, the mind, the mind just went, because, you know, no, uh, normally, when I'm, can you say pissed in a Dharma talk? When you're, when you're uh, upset, and you know, there's so many ways to cope. There's so much chocolate, Netflix, friends to call, and nah, 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 nah. they did this. <laughs> um, all the ways I won't list them all because uh, you know. That we release, or you know, go for a long run, play a game on the device, 
all, all the things to get rid of the intense feelings. There's none of that, of course. Uh, um, silence and renunciation. And so there was nowhere to put the feelings. No one to dump it on, is what I mean. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even journal. And uh, so it just started to grind, crank it, fuel it, pour some kerosene on there. Just, have you had any of this? We're just looping, looping. And it uh, just grew and grew. And then I eventually went into my room and it would just look like a retreat room, but it was the depths of hell realms. I kid you not. (laughs) The mind thought all the things, went all the places of revenge and I won't even. All the went all the way for an anguishing long time until it could not go any further. Went all the way. And Yeah. Like a spotlight in the darkest cave, or not popping a balloon, but just it was gone. Like, uh, and the, with it, with the going, was a thought arising, I created all that. I did that. They just said, sit down. <laughs> and I created depths that we, we you yeah. All in here. And in here, and uh, that uh, yeah. So here I am. Dukkha and the ending of Dukkha. Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm... (laughs) So, the suffering was the gateway, you see? I had to face all of my... mine, not owning it, but all of the anger and... uh, all those... mm, Toxins. I had to turn to really, really, <laughs> really in it to, for the insight to arise 
wow, I, I, I did that. Yeah. So, uh, Dukkha is a gateway to liberation, to the path anyways. And, um, of course, it doesn't, it's, it does not need to be hell realms. May it not be so for you. But I know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of us are here because of Dukkha, because of some suffering, because there's pain in the heart, body, mind that knows something else is possible. So even though Dukkha is a gateway to freedom, or as Bhikkhu Bodhi says, uh, that this spiritual path is born out of this, not from the lights and ecstasy, we still spend maybe most of our lives or our usual day-to-day running in the opposite direction of facing feeling, opening to Dukkha. Remember last night we shared that I shared that um, Ajahn Chah said it this way, there are two kinds of suffering. There's the suffering you run away from which follows you everywhere. And there's the suffering you face directly and so become free. Because of because of the form of that retreat, which I'm grateful to, I haven't been back, but I'm grateful. Uh, <laughs> I will. I I would go back now, actually. But uh, mm, there was nowhere to run. The form, you know. And here, we're pretty nice. <laughs> Elizabeth didn't greet you at the door the way Ajahn Chah. I hope you like suffering. <laughs> you know, a lot of care, and 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 yet it's still um, it's still hard. So we 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 are lovingly encouraging us to gently, compassionately turn towards and sit with and be curious about clinging. And um, this uh, colonial, capitalist, consumerist culture also has us running from dukkha. When we're running from, we're chasing pleasure. They go hand in hand, running from what's uncomfortable, unpleasant, painful, unsatisfactory, stressful, has us running towards what is pleasant. Uh, Consumption, comfort, in false, impermanent sources of supposed happiness. Mm. 
So recalling what we talked about last night about the cause of dukkha is clinging, the second noble truth. Since pleasures in and of themselves are not dukkha, it's the clinging that is the cause of dukkha. And this can be quite subtle. I didn't bring it. Wah. Wah. Wonderful book on full, called Full Simplicity. Thank you to my fellow Dharma teacher and friend for recommending this book on renunciation it's in the room. Uh, and But she, the author, gives a beautiful description of how subtle this can be could be as simple as we wouldn't even identify it as chasing a sense pleasure, but the thought might arise, say you're at home, I think I'll have a cup of tea. Nothing wrong with that. Have a cup of tea. So we make our way to the kitchen to make a cup of tea, and then we find out that maybe someone else we live with has used the last key bag. Wait a minute. <laughs> now it's, see, it was, it's just a cup of tea. There wasn't, you didn't think there was any cling in there. But if that's how subtle it can be, there was some attachment. There was some clinging to it, because now, now you're cranky. <laughs> right? Now we're irritated. It can be that subtle. So part of us knows that this trying to run away from really being with dukkha and chasing sense pleasures isn't working. And that part has shown up here. <laughs> to sit down compassionately and meet ourselves in our humanity. You know, uh, yeah, that's why we're here on some level. You may think, oh, I just came for a rest. <laughs> really? Arrest from what? Dukkha? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're here. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that that part of us uh, that maybe wakes us up in the middle of the night with the feeling of wait a minute. I got the thing, or or I got rid of the thing, hashtag person, uh, you know, I, I, and yet I'm still not happy. Or, hmm, yeah, I'm still dissatisfied. Or it might show up as like, it's so cliche, I'm embarrassed to say it, but like, I'll just say midlife crisis that cries out, you know, I worked so hard, <laughs> I got the things, I built the life, and yet, what's missing? <laughs> and deep bows to the, the younger ones that show up here, way ahead of me, so awesome, on the path. 
Okay, so if we're paying attention to that still small voice that's yelling at us, <laughs> ah, something's missing. If we pay attention to this, this is brings what's called samvega in Pali, which means spiritual urgency. Last night we ended with, I ended with, uh, said, life and death are of supreme importance. Time passes quickly and opportunity is lost. That samvega is like, whoo, time is passing quickly and something's missing. Let me go and sit down and meet, meet, meet this. We all have Sambega. So now let's look at happiness. In one of the suttas and Guta Nikaya, it says this. The Buddha said, there are these two kinds of happiness. What two? Sensual happiness and the happiness of renunciation. These are the two kinds of happiness. Of these two kinds of happiness, the happiness of renunciation is foremost. The R word, renunciation. <laughs> now, so what comes up for you when you hear the word renunciation? In, in English dictionary and uh, definition and synonyms, renunciation means uh, in, in, in this language, uh, some of them are resignation, surrender, rejection, self-denial. <laughs> so we might not feel a friendly, uh, yes, let's talk about renunciation. Mm -mm. Because in, in this consumerist culture, it's, uh, it's not the thing. It's, uh, we work hard to get comfortable. Uh, and in the suttas, though, in the, in the teachings, the dharma, uh, renunciation is referred to as the bliss of renunciation. So there's uh, something here. Uh, the first ennobling truth is the truth of these dukkhas. The second noble ennobling truth is that there is a cause for dukkha. And the cause or origin of it is craving. So, hmm, that first kind of happiness that's mentioned here, sensual happiness, remember that second dukkha, Viparini Nama dukkha, is like, yeah, things are good, pleasant, comfortable, bodies comfortable, not a lot of pain, there isn't a lot of 
mental or emotional pain, safe, fed, you know, things are pretty pleasant. And uh, that's one kind of happiness. And the teachings are pointing us to the bliss of renunciation. It's like, what? (laughs) This is... uh, Mm. so sweet, so subtle, but vast, clear, calm, peaceful, happiness. The happiness that comes from letting go. And you can't try to let go. (laughs) Trying to let go, some of us have been exploring this today. How can I let go of this? That's called pushing. It's It's the same as clinging. When we're trying to get rid of something, it's the same as clinging. Letting go arises from seeing clearly, from knowing what is being clung to, right? Uh, Turning towards, sitting down, being present, compassionate, still, curious, and seeing where am I holding on to how I want everything to be, especially how I want everyone else to be, and pervasively how I want myself to be. Hmm. The the clinging is in here. So what's been your experience? What happens when you see, when, when that's, Clinging is is directly seen in the clear light of awareness. What's what's happened to it? Has anyone had any little glimpses of that today? Where we're just seeing like, oh yeah, I'm really holding on to that idea. Anybody had anything like that? No. Yeah. Do you feel okay to share it? Well, <clears throat> sure. yeah, it just had to do with that understanding of clinging on to wanting people to be a certain way yeah. and a situation I meant to be different and sort of blaming other people in a way but wanting um, wanting what is happening not to be happening yeah. and then holding on to it, wishing it wouldn't have happened, but it's happening anyway. Is that- yeah. yeah, and then what what happened with it when that was seen, that you could see there was clinging to that? That sort of motivated me to go, all right, embrace the, and what was it, embrace the uh, pain, face the grief. Yeah. Walk, walk yeah. through it. Mm. And then walk 
Correct. Which I did on the walking meditation a little bit. Yeah. Something did shift, but I don't want to analyze it. I just no, no. Um, that's the yeah. So um, something shifted. Yes, yeah, something. Something shifted. loosened or let yeah. go or had some space. Maybe I could be different. The relationship, Without, the relationship with it, is yes, different. Yes. yes, you're perfect. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Not a very uh, simple, maybe even silly one, but it worked. I had a cookie, yeah. and I walked up and I saw there was a half cookie there, and I thought, I know we were told there's like one enough for one cookie, but there's about six left. It's late. I said, why am I fussing about this half cookie? Do I really need it? And I realized I was clinging to the sense pleasure of cookies. Yeah. And as soon as I recognized that, I just walked away from it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody take my cookie? <laughs> <laughs> These are both so true and so helpful. Like the big anguishes of life and the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're just as liberating. They really are. Does anyone else have anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, Mateo and then Carrie. Well, that's what happened in the in the meeting room today. Well, this is about clinging, but there was a letting go. Okay. Okay, because of an understanding. Yes. So, um, relates to what you said about we uh, have suffering. Okay. Yep. And you give it care. Yeah. I was stuck with the fact that well, if you're giving it loving care, it must be it must be more than just suffering. I couldn't, I wanted to attach something to it, yeah. but I didn't know what. And then somebody in the meeting shared a few things that brought understanding for me. And somebody brought up the suffering that's going on yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's Dukkha. But the persons are the ones that are suffering. Mm. The suffering is. It's not isolated. Uh -huh. And so when, when I realized that, I thought, oh, of course. This Dukkha stuff is really about uh, my inner child mm -hmm. that is suffering, mm -hmm. doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. So as soon as I got that, it was a big relief. Uh, you felt a sense of relief. Yeah. I did. Mm. I felt that was one of my highlights of the retreat so far. Mm, sweet. Thank you. So, to me, it's understanding. Right. Once I got that, the lightning. Mm, thank you. I was doing walking meditation today, and I just kept saying to myself, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so frustrated, asking frustrated that I was feeling frustrated, mm -hmm. and didn't want to feel that, and didn't want to... <laughs> Really, having a burden to experience, mm -hmm. and I just was like, like you're talking about getting in the depths of it. I just kept like getting 
burnt like deeper and deeper down. Like stop with this, stop. And then that would make it bigger. Yeah. <laughs> resist it. And then I just like had a this sort of moment of like, oh, I'm actually just watching myself uh-huh. have this experience. It's uh-huh. like and the next thought was it's like I'm wearing a sweater that is I don't want this, but I'm not the sweater. I'm just wearing this sweater that is colored in. I don't want to do this. Yeah. You just like have some space from identifying with it. Oh. And it just gave me this like like that poof you were talking oh. about. It's just like this few beautiful brief moments. <laughs> oh. oh, this is not all of me. This is an experience I'm having. And there was freedom. Yes. In that. Absolutely. The freedom from attaching to, like, this is happening to me. Yeah. Sweet. Beautiful. Thank you. I have a few. Let's see. Which one? So many cookie stories. (laughs) Let's see. This one was on the a three-month silent retreat. And uh, on a retreat, there's an option to take what's called the eight precepts. Here we've been practicing with five. And uh, you, could, you can choose to um, practice at that retreat with eight precepts where you stop eating at noon. Um, and... Uh, Uh, I was feeling right sorry for myself at this point, be- um, particular day, because uh, in the evening meal, which I wasn't uh, uh, opting to not have, um, they brought out a roasted eggplant dip, baba ganoush. We've had tons of it here. It's so great. Uh, I really like it. And And slices of old cheddar, again, we've had it every day. This was like a, like a whoa, whoa, cheddar, baba ganoush, whoa, and um, and avocados, whole whole plot, like a whole bunch of sliced avocados. I was like, I want all of that, <laughs> so much, and um, I was like, ah, why did I do that? Why did I choose this? And I want the things, and um, so then I <laughs> went outside. And they're, they're at this place, they have these wild-looking big tur- turkey vultures that hang around there because there's bushes with berries on them that they love. And they're really weird-looking big critters. At first, I was like, what is that? I didn't even know what it was. Anyways, turkey vultures are <laughs> walking... Then, I'm watching them. They they walk over to this bush that has these red berries on it, and um, the uh, these other three turkey vultures are already there munching on the berries, and um, on a similar bush, vulture number two sees number one heading over to greener pastures, <laughs> and so he starts to follow. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He sees that one going for that bush, and he's like, why am I saying he? Pardon me. Uh, It it starts following, and 
the way it walks, which is so absurd, and he's trying to catch up to the other one to get to the other, <laughs> the, you know, bettered stuff over there. And I was just like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> just these little things. They're so mundane, but they're just, just let go of, they just help you let go. Uh, I don't know, maybe there's one that's more, not not so mundane, but mundane is good. Uh, so many. Let's see if there's another one that's helpful. Thing of craving. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, what I was saying about, you know, we can't make ourselves let go, like like you were just sharing, you know, stop it. It's from seeing the clinging that letting go happens. And um, so another one was about food at this three-month retreat and... Uh, really wanting this fresh baked bread. The smell was everywhere. And uh, I had chosen to not have it. And so I was like, you know, this time I was like, okay, let's try something else. Uh, and so I sat in the dining hall and watched other folks having the bread. And it, that was nice. That was good. I was happy for them. It was mudita. I was like, Look at that. That's so nice. And uh, I did actually feel happy um, watching them enjoy it. But there was still, I was still, there was still a little clinging. And I was like, where is this clinging? Because it wasn't so much in the mind. And I was like, my, the body was pretty relaxed at that point. Where is this clinging? It, I was looking in the body, you know, because you know what clinging feels like, right? The, the clenching. The... Would you say more about clinging, defining it more? Because I, I have an image of but... uh, Wanting, holding on to, uh, which can also be pushing away. So attachment. And uh, so I was looking like, where is this attachment to... I was trying to feel the sensation of it in the body and like not noticeable. And and then I felt like right here in this muscle, a little contraction. And it was right-handed. It was this muscle that was ready to get it. And as soon as that, sensation was felt, it let go. Just like you're all sharing. It's just by meeting it and more, right, efforts and whole path, but a lot of times just by meeting it. Where's this holding? Where's this attachment? What's it feel like? Oh, it's in that story that I'm grinding away at, or it's in the justification, they are, they always will be, I am, or it's in the, you know, in the muscles. 
All right, how's the time? Look at me going on. Um, all right, we're good. <laughs> so, um, be curious about, pay attention to in your own direct experience, what happens to the attachment when it's just known in the clear light of awareness does is there a bit of compassion that can show up with it like oh sweetheart or a little bit of space around it like hmm okay or is there a complete letting go that happens it just drops check it out for yourself it's very important to pay attention to the Buddha uh, practiced with it this way. Practitioners, he says, before my self-awakening, when I was just an unawakened Bodhisattva, somebody on the path practicing for awakening, the thought occurred to me, why don't I keep dividing my thinking into two sorts? So I made thinking imbued with sensuality, imbued with ill will, and imbued with harmfulness as one sort of thinking. And then thinking that's imbued with, saturated with renunciation, thinking imbued with non-ill will, and thinking imbued with harmlessness as another grouping of thinking. And as I remained heedful, ardent, and resolute, Thinking imbued with sensuality, ill will, harmfulness arose in me. And that's so nice. This also happened for the Buddha. This type of conditioning, thinking arose. And he discerned that thinking imbued with sensuality, ill will, harmfulness has arisen in me and it's leading to my own affliction or to the affliction of others, if I have a chance. <laughs> that would be better. Or to the affliction of both. We're, all gonna, we're both going to suffer this one. <laughs> and, and so he just paid attention. Hey, when these kind of thoughts are arising in me of getting what I want, getting rid of what I don't want, it causes a lot of affliction for myself and others. Um, and it obstructs, he says, discernment, clear thinking, and promotes vexation and does not lead to unbinding freedom. Then he says, as I noticed that it leads to my own affliction, it subsided. that's big and as I noticed it leads to the affliction of others 
it subsided. And as I noticed it, it leads to both affliction of myself and others. It subsided. Ajahn Chah said it this way, if you let go a little, you will have a little happiness. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of happiness. If you let go completely, you will be free. <laughs> 